welcome to the Sermons Podcast, a ministry of Vienna Assembly of God, located right here in Vienna, Virginia. We're so glad you've joined us today. Hope you enjoy today's sermon. Well, thank you so much, and I am thrilled to be able to share from the Word of God with you this morning, but I need to just give you a little bit of a warning. I'm in a random mode today, and everybody here can tell you they've experienced it already this morning, so um, I'm going to share a story, and it might or might not connect to you of how it goes with this scripture, but I can see the relation, and so I'm just going to share the story, and then we'll dig in to why that would even relate at all. I went away this week uh, down to our lake property, and uh, this usually um, it's something that my husband and I do together, Craig and I go, and but this time it was just me by myself. It was a time for retreat, a time for just some solitude, and it was a very refreshing thing. Uh, But one of the things I found when I got there is that the last time we were there, it was still warm weather, and um, there were still some swimming things out and about, Um, and it's like, well, I think we're done with that for this year, and so I, I worked on getting those things put away. But then the other thing I found was a bad idea, and what I mean by that is I had a bad idea this summer, um, and I implemented it, <laughs> and then it got proven what a bad idea it was this time when I got back to the lake. I took a rug that I found on the road that somebody had put out down to the lake because I thought it would be helpful on our decking because we had little ones that were going to be there, and so it was not... Um, you know, it's a rug. It's like a sisal rug. So it took a couple of us to carry it down. Now, when I say carry it down, you got to understand, I mean down a lot of steps. I think my grandkids have counted those steps. I don't remember how many there are, but 50-something steps, I don't know. It's a long way down to the deck. Well, what has happened is that that rug was rolled up, but get, it's been rained on, it's, been, it's gotten all grody and awful looking, and it needs to be gone to the trash, which is what it was, where it was headed in the first place, you know? But the problem was I was in solitude. I was by myself. And now this thing is not just heavy by its own weight, it's heavy because it's wet. And so what am I going to do? Well, our scripture verse um, talks about, oh, nothing to anyone. I felt responsible for this problem (laughs) because it was my idea in the first place to put it down there. And so I really, in my heart, said, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to find a way to get this thing all the way back up all of those steps and then all the way around to the other side of the house and all the way into my vehicle so that I can take it to the dump. (laughs) Well, I feel like it would have made a good video show for like I Love Lucy or something because it was so ridiculous, my attempt 
to try to get this rug. So first step was taking the wheelbarrow down there, because so I would have some wheels for it, and then um, trying to lift the thing into the wheelbarrow. And so, of course, a couple of attempts of that knocked the wheelbarrow over, over, and then I have to pull it back out, get the wheelbarrow back, try again, get the thing in there. So I finally got it off of the deck. But now I'm to the steps and the yard, and I was trying to decide if I had enough strength to push that wheelbarrow with that in it up the slope of the, you know, and I was going to try to do an S-curve or something, but I could not even get it a few feet before the wheelbarrow tumped over again. <laughs> And I was in danger of the whole thing just rolling away into the water. And so I'm like, okay, this is terrible. What am I going to do? I've, I got it back over to the steps. So it's probably like a six-foot rug. It's rolled up. It's heavy. It's wet. I got it to the steps. So after I took a little break, got my breath, trying to figure out what to do, what I wound up doing is taking that thing end on end, lifting it up and letting it fall up the steps. And so then it was like six steps closer than it was a minute ago, right? But I had to do that 10 times at least to try to get that thing lifted all the way up. And then that's all I could do. I had to just leave it till the next day because <laughs> it was just, I could not move it any further. Then the ne after later then I came back, got it back into the wheelbarrow, and then it just sat there, and I couldn't do it. And then I came back after another rest, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And, I, and you know, I, I was making man sounds, I call them, like, like that, trying to get this thing up the hill and trying to move up the thing. And so I got the wheelbarrow all the way up the hill, and then I just parked it in the shed so that it wouldn't get any rain on it. And then sure enough, I was finally able to lift that thing, get it in my car, and take it to the dump. So that story is, a, it, it, it's a situation where I felt like I owed my family. Now, here's the truth. If I wasn't able to have the strength to get that done, and we had to wait until Craig was back there or more of my family was there, they would have helped me with that. They loved me enough that they wouldn't have been like, I can't believe we have to do this because of your terrible idea. They would have helped me through it, and we would have worked together and got it done. But in that moment... I just really felt this, like, if, if, God, you would give me the strength to do it, I would love to be able to just fix this mistake and have it done. And so let's just let that story be there for us while we look at today's scripture and talk a minute about another place where we hear the phrase, love your neighbor. And this is in Romans 13, 8. It says, owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's love. Romans 13, 8. 
This is the word of the Lord. Father, help us today to relax in your grace and to learn how to love our neighbor with the freedom of just owing nothing other than your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, the idea of owing is, uh, you know, sometimes, somebody, maybe you'll do a favor for somebody, and it turns out to be, a, took a little bit more exertion than you realized it was going to take. And you might say to that friend, hey, you owe me one. <laughs> or maybe you, you helped them um, avoid a situation that uh, would have been problematic. And you say, hey, you owe me one. Um, we think in terms of debts and canceled debts sometimes in terms of this. And so the, in this scripture, often it is used in teaching on financial situations that you should not go into debt. And, and I accept that as a true reality. We should not go into financial debt that we are not able to pay back. We live in a time in the world where, you know, a mortgage or a car payment or that kind of thing, that's the way people um, take care of themselves. And I'm not going to go judgmental on you one way or the other on that. But don't take out a debt that you can't pay back. I do believe that the scripture talks about that. But I'm not sure that that's everything that this is talking about here. It is talking about not leaving things unsettled. Don't leave situations unfinished. When you know you've wronged somebody, don't just leave that. When you feel convicted of that, owe nothing to anyone. You go make that thing right. Make it right because our only obligation is that we should love one another. And if we love one another, we're going to fulfill the requirements of God's love. Now, it's really interesting to me that this scripture falls in the middle of Romans 13. You may be familiar with Romans 13 from some other teachings. And the beginning of this chapter is one that you may have heard a lot of as regards our government or your political activity. And in this season, um, unless you live under a rock, you, you know that we're in a political season. Um, it's very interesting to think about where this, this owe nothing to anyone, love your neighbor, comes. It comes after a long paragraph about the government. And so I want us to just look at that really quick and think about what do you owe the government? What is it that we owe? Because we're supposed to not keep our obligations outstanding. We need to pay them. So I'm, I'm just going to read along here. And um, I, my, I did not help my tech team with any notes. So if they're able to follow, great. But we're in Romans 13. So verse 1 says, Everyone must submit to the governing authorities, for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. 
So all governing authorities, all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Now, some will take this scripture and use it to suggest that we should never have any um, sense of protest if the government is doing something that isn't right. And that really doesn't fit in well with the rest of Scripture. <laughs> I, in my reading, I'm, I'm in Jeremiah, um, you know, reading through the Bible in a year. You'll go through this season of reading through the prophets. And my friends... The prophets often had to confront the authorities who were in positions of authority placed there by God, but were not living according to what God had called them to do. There are times where appropriate protest can happen with our government, and it does not mean that you are in violation of what Romans 13 is teaching. So I just want to put that out there. Um, so verse 2, so anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished for the authorities. Do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right, and they will honor you. Well, for the authorities, do not strike fear in people who are doing right. That's an interesting phrase there, and but you have to also take it in in light of what was going on at the time that this was written, and also what goes on in our world. Because there are places in our world where what we may think is doing right, according to God, is exactly what the authorities are going to say, you're in trouble for doing that. If, if doing right is sharing the good news of Jesus Christ... And an Islamic authority says, you will be imprisoned if you do that. Then you're not following this. In the time that the Bible was written, Peter and John were before the Sanhedrin. And they had to say, should we obey God or man? So understand, yes, we should obey. But there are times when obeying God overcomes whatever the authorities are saying. Verse uh, 4. Sorry, my eyes are a little weird. The, or, the authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you're doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. If, in fact... The authorities are not doing this. They've got God to answer to, okay? Verse 5, so you must submit to them not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. So we want to be law-abiding citizens. We want to keep a clear conscience. We want to obey the, the, the obvious good laws that are in our nation. And that is a good thing for us to do. And this, this whole passage has come up and is leading us now down to verse 8. But, but before we get there, verse 6. Pay your taxes, too, for these same reasons. Friends, 
Even in the Roman Empire, Paul wrote to the people, pay your taxes. And so being a a good citizen in whichever nation you live in, we live in the United States of America right here. We live in the Commonwealth of Virginia in the county of Fairfax. We pay taxes, right? And the scripture encourages us not to leave that as a debt outstanding for government workers need to be paid hallelujah we got government workers in the house they need to be paid they are serving god in what they do give to everyone what you owe them give to everyone what you owe them pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. So what do you owe our authorities? Honor and respect and truth. Being obedient to God and to his laws. That leads us into this verse, owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. So here's the thing. It doesn't say that if you love your neighbor, your neighbor will love you back. It doesn't say that the way to figure out if you're doing this right is if now everyone agrees with you. It's not saying that you have to somehow exert control over anything. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite. It's that you have to release and live in freedom, loving your neighbor Now, he goes on to explain some of the commandments. And so now I'm looking at verse 9. For the commandments say, you must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself, which is from Leviticus. Love does no wrong to others So love fulfills the requirements of God's law. Who are you beholden to in this? God. We love our neighbor looking for fulfilling God's laws. We love our neighbor and the seal of approval for that comes from God. It is not about whether or not we agree with everyone. And I'm just going to tell you, if I was to pull the small group in this room around a table, I could find a topic that we don't all agree with each other on. I guarantee you. Now, it might be as simple as a preference between Wendy's and McDonald's, but it could be something like a big deal, okay? And yet, I can also tell you, every one of us love each other deeply, care for each other, understand that 
Each of us is someone who Jesus died for. And we are going to love each other and fulfill the law of God, even if there are matters of great importance that we don't see eye to eye on. Verse 11. This is all the more urgent, for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up, for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Now, this is, this is the important thing to me that I feel like in this entire year, where I knew that there were going to be issues that would pull at us and distract us and get us off course and make us think, give more importance to one thing and less importance to what God is calling us to. This is the thing. Wake up. Our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. We must have a kingdom mindset. Yes, we happen to live in the United States of America, but we are citizens of God's kingdom. We are not... Um, confined to whatever goes on here we have a glorious hope of a better future because Jesus Christ is coming again and we do not have we need not to become so um, anxious about what's going here now don't hear me wrong I'm not saying just turn a blind eye. I'm not saying just withdraw. As a matter of fact, I'm saying let's go out, but with Jesus at the head, with the understanding that what's the most important is not whether or not our candidate wins, whether our issue wins. What's most important is, am I loving my neighbor? Because by doing that, I'm fulfilling the law of God. If we can live life loving our neighbor, that's what's most important. It's not just important, it's urgent, the Apostle Paul says. Verse 12, the night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. The day of salvation within the scripture is the day of the Lord, the day that Jesus is finally revealed as Lord and King over all creation. Because, wait, I don't want to skip this. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes. <laughs> How good does it feel to get the dirty clothes off and put on the shining armor of right living? Because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Now, then he goes into a list here that, that is important that you hear from your pastor every now and then. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living. Or in quarreling and jealousy. Now, 
I know that sometimes people like to get caught up on the parties and the drunkenness and the sexual promiscuity and immoral living. And if that is a temptation for you, I want to pray for you to say, God, set them free in Jesus' name. You do not have to be in bondage to those dirty clothes. This is the book of Romans, friends, the book of Romans that says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The book of Romans that says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The book of Romans that says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So we are born anew. We have that new life. We came running out of that grave, friends. But sometimes a temptation comes your way and you may find yourself failing and it feels bad and dirty listen you can take off those dirty clothes confess your sin before the lord jesus christ he is faithful and just to cleanse you from all unrighteousness so if these particular things are your temptation i want to encourage you the bible says this this isn't pastor brenda's idea it says don't participate in these things but it didn't stop with those things it lists this, quarreling, quarreling, is there a way to shine the light of the gospel, to speak the truth of God, to love your neighbor? And get not be a part of the fray that our culture has become. One giant quarrel. The people of God are supposed to put that away. Take it off like dirty clothes. Get rid of it and put on the shining armor of right living. You may say, oh, that's, that's just talking about, you know, sibling squabbles or something like that. No, I think it's talking about that too. Let's learn not to have quarreling dominate the atmosphere in our homes. Let's learn to let our homes be a haven of peace where quarreling is not the norm. But then that must reverberate out. And do not... Be tempted in this moment right now to let go of faith, hope, and love and instead move into quarreling and trying to win a point in an argument. It's one of the works of the flesh that we are supposed to not participate in. And jealousy. Don't owe anything to anybody except to love them. Verse 14, instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Well, I couldn't help it, Pastor Brenda. It just happened. Well, apparently you can. Don't let yourself. Don't let yourself. Don't let yourself. Think about ways to indulge your evil desires. I heard a testimony this week, powerful testimony, a friend of mine talking about 
in, she's a, and when she was a teenager and came back to the Lord, she had developed a habit of um, lying all the time. And it was to the point where she called it compulsive, where she didn't really even want to, and yet she found herself telling a lie. And she just, in her room before God, just cried out to the Holy Spirit, please, please set me free from this. I do not want to be in bondage to this anymore. And God delivered her from that to where she said she's not even capable at this point of telling a lie. It's like God, the Holy Spirit just will not let her tell a lie. Friends, there is potential of transformation in Jesus Christ. And when it says, don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires, there is hope. There is hope in this moment, and it comes in fulfilling the law of God through love. Through love. So owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. If you are loving your neighbor, you're not going to steal from them. You're certainly not going to kill them. And remember what Jesus taught us about murder, that if we keep anger in our heart towards somebody, we are committing murder. So it's not just outright killing somebody. But if we are loving, then that it overcomes that. If we are loving our neighbor, we're not going to covet their things. We're not going to try to wreck a marriage through adultery. We are going to love our neighbor. And we will fulfill God's law. So my story about exerting (laughs) a few hours of labor to try to overcome a mistake. I don't know if that resonates for you or not. But what, what do you have right now that kind of pricks a little bit and says, I think I owe something there. I think I, I need to show love in that situation. I need to overcome ha- acting out in the ways that the scripture says I, I should be done with. And let's allow the Holy Spirit to set us free from those things that want to bind you up and keep you from having these open hands, this freedom of loving each other without it having this issue of who owes who what. And it just be a matter of love. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you to fiercely hold on to love this week. Fiercely hold on to love. I think we're being tested I think that we might face daily um, chances to mess this one up. And if we do, God's grace is sufficient. We can come before him and say, God, I messed up today. Please help me. Please deliver me. Help me do better tomorrow. But we must have some intention to this, focusing on love. Let's pray.
Lord, you know where we are in this moment in our country. And you've told us our proper attitude towards the authorities. You've asked us to pray for all those in authority. And so we do pray, Father, right now for our president, vice president, for the Congress, the Supreme Court, for all the cabinet, all the people that are just faced with huge decisions right now. We pray for the political situation, the, the candidates who are running, but also the election officials and the, the people tasked with making this be what it's supposed to be, God. And I pray that your authority that you have delegated out to them be exercised properly. I pray that there not be um, anything fraudulent, but that justice and, and propriety be in place for this, Father, in Jesus' name. But right now, as pastor of this group, I want to pray for our hearts. That you would help us be rid of those things that are not of you. That would cause us to owe something other than love. Reminded of that song that said, he paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I couldn't pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. Thank you, God. <laughs> Thank you, Father, for paying our debt. But I pray that now you help us to release. To release debt. And to be able to love. Jesus' name. I pray for those that may be struggling with a specific temptation, a certain something that it just is a battle, God, and even while they're doing it, they wish they weren't. I thank you for the testimony of the power of God to set us free. And I pray for that for these people right now. Set us free from temptation. Deliver us from evil, oh God, in Jesus' name. And let us experience the freedom of life in Christ, putting off the dirty clothes, putting on the shining armor that helps us be able to witness for you, to show the world your love. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen.